0: Well, good evening, everybody. I'm glad to see y'all here this evening. Uh, a couple of announcements. Uh, I want to remind uh, everybody that uh, uh, let's see here. We're on. This is the seventeenth. This coming Saturday at eight thirty in the Fellowship Hall, men's breakfast, and that'll be good, good eating. So, I want to, every guy, all the guys can meet here uh, at uh, eight thirty. Saturday morning for men's breakfast, time of fellowship, and also uh, devotion as well will be done for that. So remember that if you will. Uh, this coming Sunday uh, night, we have, we're having church Sunday morning as usual, but there will be church Sunday night. We're having our business meeting. I guess you call it emergency business meeting, but anyway, Brother Rogers uh, has been granted permission to preside over this. Uh, We'll be electing two deacons and a church uh, board secretary. Be in prayer, 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 can't say it enough. Be in prayer for it. Also, uh, the deacons uh, give me a note. Uh, We have a, a pastor tryout candidate coming. Uh, Sunday, May the 28th, I guess Sunday morning and Sunday night, and we'll be voting Sunday night. So pray, 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 and pray some more. And when you're doing that, pray some more. (laughs) We are going to get God's candidate in here, and God's going to show himself mighty. So remember these, if you will. So on the church business meeting, I want to remind you, only members can vote. Uh, but anyone is welcome to sit in on, uh, on the business meeting. So just be aware of that. If somebody asks, you, know, you can come and you can observe, but only members can vote in the business meeting uh, Sunday night. And there also will be, I think, a financial report given as well for uh, last year. So we're getting things, hopefully getting things in, uh, getting our ducks in a row so to speak so uh, let's uh, remember that all of these but remember to pray uh, most important of all we we'll know the lord in prayer uh, take your needs and your prayer requests before the lord tonight remember those on our prayer list i ask you to remember them and all of them uh, faith and i went to uh, have a a scan done to tell us how healthy our heart was <laughs> and uh, while we were there, we Sandy followed us into the hospital. So we got a chance to go uh, for a few minutes. We didn't stay very long, but we got to sp- uh, go into Paul's room and pray with him. And so uh, we just ask you guys to remember Paul and Sandy in our prayers. Uh, he has, has pneumonia. They think they've got it pretty well under control. And hopefully, uh, after a little bit, hopefully he was hoping to go home today, but I don't know whether he did or not. He didn't go home today, so he's at home. So uh, pray for Sandy. I, <laughs> I think she's going to need it. <laughs> he, he's, he is not, I got the impression, he is not the world's best patient, <laughs> just from what he said when we visited him. But let's remember in our prayers, spirit, soul, and body. And remember Sister Sandy as well. Matt, may you have a need to, you'd like to mention we can pray for you about tonight. All right, let's remember our service, and just ask the Lord, just, as we begin this with prayer tonight, let's just ask God to just flow and move by His Spirit and just touch us and, and just strengthen and encourage us tonight to, you know, to continue to live like He wants us to live, all right? Let's stand together, everyone that will, and let's take these needs and this service to the Lord tonight and our worship time tonight, and when you're we're through praying, sisters, Julie and Brother Dennis will lead us in worship, so remain standing for that if you can. Father God, as we come to you, we are so grateful and so uh, appreciative, Lord, of all that you are doing in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you, Father God, for the... Privilege that we have of being a child of God because you have made it so possible and so available for us to come to you through Jesus Christ. When we make him Savior and Lord of our life, Lord, we enter into a whole new realm of relationship because it's not just him with Jesus as Savior and Lord. It is with you as our Heavenly Father, the one who loves us, who watches over us, who cares for us. It is with the Holy Spirit who will teach us and guide us and lead us into truth. And enable us, Lord, to live each and every day that we might bring honor and glory and praise to your name. And, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that privilege that you have given. And, Lord, that that privilege is available to whosoever will. For whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. For that is your word, Father. And we thank you for it. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you, Father God, for ministering, Lord God, in every life life today and lord, in lord and in this service we pray holy spirit your will be done father god that you will just move and touch and minister through us and to us and for us that we may go out from this place and minister to the hearts and lives of others those that we work with those of our family those of our friends Father that you will touch. Father we ask you Lord to touch Paul and Sandy tonight. Father minister continue to minister healing to Paul's body. Touch him spirit, soul and body. I pray Father God you will just reach down your hand and touch his life. Lord we pray Lord the eyes of his understanding be enlightened. Lord that you realize that Jesus is the answer for our lives today. And I pray Father God you minister that. Lord guide and direct us in all that we do and may everything tonight be done for your honor, your glory and your praise for the building of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, for all of these things, we give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: know just what to do, and I will love you, Lord, my strength.
0: Let's worship him tonight. Lord, help us to understand that when we worship you, Lord, that last phrase of that chorus says, forever all my days, I will worship you. Hallelujah. Lord God, that's our victory. Our victory is not in ourselves. Our victory is not in our abilities or our intellect or, or anything, our, our, the talents that we might have. Our victory, Father God, is alone in you forever, all my days, hallelujah because it's not me, it's you, Father God. It is you, Holy Spirit. It is you, Jesus, who enable us to walk victorious. It is you that enables us, Lord God, to go through the storms, to go through the circumstances, to go, Lord God, through all of life with our heads up because we know who our God is. And he never leaves, he never forsakes us, He strengthens us. You are our rock. You're our shield. You're our shelter. Lord God, you are everything we need you to be every moment of every day of our life. And we thank you, Lord God, for that. We give you honor and we give you glory and we give you praise to the Lord God most high who sits on the throne of all eternity, who reigns in majesty and power and might and in glory in all things. All things are subject unto Him who created them because He is our Creator God. But most of all, Father, You are our Heavenly Father. And Lord God, we praise You and we worship You and we honor Your holy name. Lord, we stand amazed in Your mighty presence. We love You, Lord. Lord, it is our great desire to bring you honor and glory and praise by the lives that we live for you. Father God, may you receive glory and may people be drawn to Jesus because of the lives that we live and because of the way that we, Lord, minister you to others. Father, we just praise you for it. We thank you for it tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I told Sister Julie. I said, "I heard you practicing," and I just said, in "My heart, yep, Lord, <laughs> always." I, I she is. She is one among very few, I think, sometimes. Hopefully there's more of them like her out there, but we've got a great one. And we've got a wonderful piano player, too. Brother Dennis, thank you for your talent and for using it for the Lord. We appreciate it. Amen. Forever, I I can't get this out of my head right now. Forever, all my days. Hallelujah. That's our victory cry, church. When the enemy thinks he's got us down and out, the church can say, hallelujah. I'm not so convinced tonight, church, that if we get down and out, I don't need to just say it, I need to shout it. I need to shout from the top of my lungs. Devil, you're trying everything you want to, but hallelujah, God wins. Amen. Right. He reigns. He reigns over this universe. He reigns over this. Nothing happens without his consent. Job understood that part. Well, I don't think Job understood it altogether. But you remember what, when the book of Job, when God gets to talking and Satan comes before him and God asks him, where you been, boy? I've been walking around to and fro across the earth. (laughs) Well, why? Because you can't be walking around up here. God brings, have you ever noticed that God brought Job up in the conversation? Satan didn't mention him at all. God said, God says, Now, you stop and think about this. God says, have you considered my servant Job? Well, guess what? He had been. He said, yeah, I've watched him. He said, but you, God, have a hedge around him. Now, church, that tells me something. It tells me that what God did for Job, God does for us even now. And it's even better because we have the Holy Spirit of God to help us with this. Satan looked at God and said, yeah, I can't touch him. I can almost see, I think I can see God's smile and say, yeah, you got that right, boy. Why? Because Job did everything he knew to worship and to serve the God of heaven. The Bible says he was a righteous man. Now, as Brother Rogers brought out, he did have one small, one necessarily small because God got a little aggravated, I think. But his little deal was, God, I need, you need to give me all the answers. And God said, no, I don't. You need to trust me. Sometimes that's the hardest part of our Christian experience. I've got all faith in the world. God can do whatever he wants to. But sometimes I have to trust him that he's got this thing taken care of. I've got to trust him that he's got my life in his hands and he knows exactly what he's doing. And he's not going to tell me what he's doing. He doesn't. It's none of my because if I had God figured out, he wouldn't be God. I, really, I mean, I'm going to stop for a minute. You may be watching this. Now, tonight, Wednesday night, the 17th of, of May. You may watch this sometime in the future. God doesn't owe you any answers. That's right. You owe Him your life. You owe Him your trust. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can, I've got so many rabbit trails I want to jump and <laughs> pursue. Worse than a hound dog, don't know which way to go. But I think about Abraham. God told him, get up, leave your family, leave your homeland, leave everything that you know is comfortable, everything that you know is familiar, everything that you are used to. Get up and go to a land I'm going to show you. And I believe the book of the writer of Hebrews says, and he left not knowing where he was going. Oh, lovely Lord. Uh, where? You know, we've talked about this before. Okay, they're, they're step, what's step two? What's, the, what's step number five? God says nothing. Trust me. Trust me. But church, he is our victory. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are our, 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 our victory. I'll get it right said correctly. They are our victory, whether the battle looks like it's over with or not. Brother Ethan Tibbs made this statement one time, and he taught it in class. He said, God has this whole concept of already, but not yet. Look at what the Bible says, just for an instance, real quick. Isaiah 53, 5 says, by his stripes we are healed you realize that Isaiah wrote that before Jesus ever got to the cross? Right. Isaiah prophesies, by his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes we were healed. It's already done, but I'm not healed. Already, but not yet. Jesus says, I'm coming again. He came the first time. He's coming again the second time. Well, When? It's none of your business. The disciples asked him, Lord, when's all this going to happen? And he said, it is not for you to know the times nor the season that the Father has put in his own hands. Already, but not yet. Back to hallelujah. That is one word that you can speak in a Christian church anywhere around the world, as I understand it, and they know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know. I, he didn't tell me. When Paul writes about the fact that he's coming back again, the Bible says he will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And I don't know what the shout's going to be, but it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't, hallelujah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. All I just want to be able to do is that my spirit ears hear it, and my spirit just says, boom, we're gone. Yep. Yep. Hallelujah. Hell, yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> It'll be a wonderful, wonderful time. It'll be good. Our Father is in charge. Amen. Amen. Do we act like it? And I'm talking to me. I'm boy, I'm just sitting there just, you know, I should have worn my steel toed boots from work. <laughs> Do we act like it? And boy, am I talking to myself right now. My wife knows <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> I wasn't real happy with my score I got. <laughs> I was not happy at all with that. But you know what? God's got it. And God's gonna take care of it. And God's going to help me do the things I need to do, and He's going to what I can't do. He's going to more than make up the difference for. I get to my message, Second Corinthians chapter four. Sister Sherry, title is Victorious. <laughs> I, for, I forgot to tell her that she like she likes to ask me if I have a title. I I put it Victorious, but I like this. I, I've, I've been thinking about this, and it's just stuck in my heart, and I've. I've I think about these things. I I generally start these things start saying, you know, Sunday night especially. Lord, okay, what's what are we doing Wednesday? You know, uh, can we get can I get some ideas here? And can can you? And he starts with a verse, usually with me. But I thought about this verse that the Apostle Paul writes in the second in the fourth chapter of the book of Second Corinthians, beginning. At verse 8, I think I put this in the... I've got three versions here. One I printed out and the other two are sitting in front of me. You may say, why would you bring so many Bibles for? Well, because I like the different translations. I like to sit there and see what they all say and where they all come into agreement on some stuff. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10 in the King James Version, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word tonight, and I ask you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing, not only on the word that has already been uh, inspired by you, but, Lord, upon your servant, that we will speak the words that you will have spoken That, Father God, Holy Spirit, you will take this vessel and use it for the honor and the glory and the praise of God the Father, and that you will use it to edify and and exhort and and lift up the body of the Lord Jesus Christ in the day and hour that we're living. That, Father God, you are still on your throne, and that, Father God, your word is still true, it is still viable, it is still powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, and, Lord God, we thank you for that anointing that's on your word and the anointing, Lord, that you place upon us that we will be used by you, Holy Spirit, to touch the hearts and the lives, not only of those here, but those that, will, that are listening or those that will listen to this uh, program, Lord, whenever and what, by whatever means they, they see it and, and listen to it, Father God. And, Lord, may souls be brought into your kingdom as well. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. And all of the church said, amen. Interesting set of verses here. The Apostle Paul writes. He was writing about his life. He was probably writing about some, remember, remembering some of the things he'd already experienced. And about the things that had occurred to him. If you stop and think about his life, that man, if we were to look at it from a human standpoint of view, that guy had nothing but trouble. Every time a team like he turns around, somebody's causing him some grief. Somebody doesn't like what he says. Somebody doesn't like what he does. Be enough to make you give up and quit. Well, Lord, they don't like me. You know, I just might as well just give up and go home. God had a, had a prophet that way. Oh, Lord, there's nobody down here serving you but me. And God said, will you shut up? Now, he probably didn't say it quite that way, but he said, look, I, there's 5,000 people that have not bowed their knee to Bell, so just quit your whining. You're not in this by yourself. You've got Jesus. If You don't got anybody else. But the thing about it is you and I are not going through the things that we go through by ourselves. The, the same afflictions. And I can't remember if it was James or uh, Peter that wrote it. He said, no, remember that the same afflictions you are going through where you're at. You've got brothers and sisters in Christ somewhere else that are going through the same thing you are. You're not in this by yourself. So. Put your little pity party up and, you know, suck "Suck it up and let's go. Let's get with a program of what God wants us to do. Let's get with a program of living like God wants us to live. The Apostle Paul writes here. He says this. These are four. There's a, 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 I have a, a, a website called Bible Gateway they have commentaries on it. And there's one, they have a commentary called the Expositor's Bible Commentary. and This is what that writer says about these, uh, especially these two verses 8 and 9. Here is a series of four vivid antitheses. Wonderful. I just love big, fat words. It's like, okay, Google it. What does antitheses mean? Pure form, the, the, simple, the simple version of anti- antithesis they are two opposing they are two opposites day night okay happy sad you get the picture here's what paul is saying then the the commentator says that these these and uh, these these direct opposites illustrate both the weakness of Paul in discharging his commission and the power of God in preserving his life and his spirit. Each metaphor may reflect gladiatorial or military combat. It's a fight. It's a struggle sometimes. It is a race to the finish. Paul said, I have... Fought a good fight. I heard a preacher say, "There's a good message right there—a good fight." I used to get in trouble for fighting. Well, they must not been good ones because I got in trouble for doing. It. But there is a good fight that you and I are going to have to face and going to have to get involved in if we ever expect to be successful in God's eyes. And we don't do it by ourselves. Do not understand. Do not misunderstand me. You have no power. I don't care how strong-willed you are, I don't care how stubborn and bullheaded you are. You do not have what it takes within yourself to fight the devil. So don't even think about it. You'll lose hands down. But it is still a fight. Why? How? Why do, if you go back, and especially the Apostle Paul and his writings, why does he make it sound like it's a war? Because it is. It's a war. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. What is the armor of God? It is the armor. They don't send our soldiers into battle without giving them stuff, armor and, and protective clothing and protective equipment to keep them from getting killed in battle. It's heavy. I don't know how much it weighs. This, the new stuff, I, I, but I guarantee you it's not light. It's designed to, to to if not to to deflect it. It's designed to uh, if it can't deflect it. It's designed to absorb it and stop it before it gets into your body. It's an armor. Why? Because it's a fight. It's always been about it. In war, war is never a pretty thing. But it's either, it's about one person killing another. That's all war is. And if you don't think, church, tonight that we're in a war, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. He doesn't tell us all of these things. He doesn't talk about that we've got to be sober and vigilant like a soldier heard it said I don't know how true this is but I've heard it said that a Roman soldier if he was caught supposed to be on guard duty and he was caught sleeping they would set his uniform on fire that don't sound like fun I'd figure out a way to stay awake a little rabbit trail a little one you remember when Jesus was being guarded by the Roman soldiers and the Bible says that when the, door, when, the, when the stone got, I'm going to say, got blown out of the way because of the power of God when Jesus came out of that tomb, the Bible says those soldiers fell like dead men. Their punishment for letting something happen to that grave probably should have been death. If you go back and read the story, and if I remember correctly, and if I don't, somebody correct me before we get too far in here. The high priest went and paid off Pilate and them so that those guys didn't get in trouble. They weren't supposed to fall asleep. They weren't supposed to faint. But I'm sorry, when the power of God gets in a room, you probably aren't going to be able to stand up. I don't care if you are Hercules. Hercules. That rabbit trail chased. He says, What does he say? The first thing he says, We are troubled on every side. The New Living Translation says that we are pressed on every side by troubles. The Amplified says that we are hedged in, pressed. On every side. Troubled and oppressed in every way. Why? Because the enemy wants you and I to give up. The enemy wants you and I to quit believing. The enemy and I want you and I to quit asking God for what? He For his perfect will in our lives. He doesn't want that. Be satisfied. You know, just take the next thing that comes down the pike. Not if God says, it's not what I need, I won't. I want God's best. I want God's will. And I am convinced tonight, church, that God's best and God's will for us is in our best interest. Spirit, soul, and body. God, your will. It was important enough for Jesus to pray it in the garden. Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but if not, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Why? Because it was his perfect will. God's perfect will was for Jesus to die on a cross so that you and I could have eternal life through him. That was God's will. Jesus wasn't looking forward to the pain. He wasn't looking forward to the suffering. He wasn't looking forward to the separation from God. But he made up his mind, God, we're going to do it your way. And we've been studying in the book of Hebrews, the first 10 chapters, about how perfect God's way really is. It's better than the law, it's better than the sacrifices, it's better than the high priest and, and, and the priest that went in and offered their sacrifices as they ministered for the people. It's a more perfect way. It's a more excellent way. Why? Because Jesus did what God wanted to do. Jesus did it God's way. I've heard it said this way, if you'll do God's plan God's way, you'll have God's provision. The opposite of that is true. If you don't, you won't. We're troubled on every side. Seems like you take one step forward and slide three steps backwards. (laughs) Sometimes it seems like that. But it doesn't matter because Paul says here, we are hedged in, we're pressed in in the Amplified on every side. Troubled and oppressed in every way. But the Amplified says not cramped or crushed. You know what that means? That means that everything the enemy tries to do does not hold up to the protective power of God on our lives. The enemy would like to crush us. The enemy wants the church to give up. Now, not just us, but every church across this, this world that believes that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord, that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit, that, you know, they worship and they praise together. The devil wants the church to give up, and he's going to try everything in his arsenal to get it to happen. But Paul says we're pressed, we're, cr- we're, we're, we're crammed together, but we are not crushed, and we're not cramped. You know what I get in my mind? I do not like tight spaces. I will be the very first to admit to you that. I am not keen about tight places whatsoever. It's not my cup of tea. But do you know that even in the tightest spot the devil thinks he can get me in, I'm not cramped enough to not say hallelujah. I'm not crushed enough to not say, my God reigns. I'm not crushed enough to not say, Jesus Christ is still Lord of my life. He is still Lord over this world, and He always will be. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords, and nothing in this world will ever change that. The last thing the devil wants you and I to do is to praise him in the middle of the difficulties, to praise him in the middle of the crushing, to praise him in the middle of the crowding together, trying to make our life miserable about what the thing that he does not like and does not want to hear is people that will say, "Praise you, Lord, anyway." It's called victory. I may not see it right yet, but if God has promised, it is now, but not yet, but it's coming. If God promised it, it will take place, so devil, get out of the way or get run over by it, one of the two. Makes me know never mind. If we could have, if God could get a church, and I'm not talking just about us people, but I am talking about us, but not just us alone. If God could get a church that would get so in tune with him and so in sync with him and so lined up with him that regardless of what the enemy tried, they would say, Lord, you're still God and the victory's still ours. God wants a church like that. That's what he's looking for. And church, it's got to start with me and it's got to start with you. We're pressed, you know. The squeeze is on. Squeeze all you want to, devil. God will prevail. God will come through. Job said this way. I talked about Job earlier. Job said it this way. Though God himself slay me, yet will I trust him, and I will come forth as gold. Job may have not understood the circumstances. Job did not know anything about the conversation between God and Satan. But the thing about it was Job trusted God. He got a little high-handed with it because he thought God owed him the answers. But the thing about it was he trusted God because the Bible tells us in the end he had twice as much of everything that he had when it all got taken away. Why? Because he trusted God. He may have went at it backwards. He may have went at it wrong, but he trusted God. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job said that. Nicky, came I into this world. Naked will I go out? But God is faithful. I'm not exactly sure that's how he said it, but something to that effect. He said, I didn't bring anything with me. I didn't, I'm not taking anything out, but God's going to be God. He said, even though I die and these skin worms eat my flesh, yet in my body shall I see God face to face whom I will see for myself. My eyes will behold him and not somebody else's eyes. That was his confession. He was pressed. He was crushed. The devil tried everything he could do. devil, so God said, let me try him. I'll make him curse you to your face. And God said, get after it, boy, only you can't kill him. God let let me I just thought of something never had thought of it this way before Do you know why God wouldn't let Satan kill him? Because he belonged to God And God is not a God of death God is a God of life And he told Satan you can do everything you want to to him But you cannot kill him because he's mine Now that's what I read into it okay He couldn't die because God could, would not allow, that would help, how unjust of God would that be for to allow somebody to put their faith and their trust in him and allow Satan to kill him? He wasn't about, God wasn't about to let that happen. And everything he went through, the Bible says, yet Job did not sin with his mouth. He did not understand, he didn't get it, but he didn't sin with his mouth. the second one We suffer embarrassments is from the amplified we suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out I don't know if I've ever had any dreams maybe a few where I'm trying to find a way out of somewhere and it's like I've had some dreams like it. it's like everywhere I turn it's it it's barred it's, it's there's obst- something's in the way I'm trapped. Notice that what the, 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 the Amplified says about this, that we are, we suffer embarrassments and are perplexed and unable to find a way out. Lord, I don't see the way out. I don't see how this thing's going to work out. I don't see how you're going to bring that healing. I don't see how the, that financial need's going to be met. I don't see, Lord, I don't understand. doesn't matter. If God is God and God said you he's going to take care of it, if his word says it's taken care of, then church stand on the fact he said it is taken care of. If Paul writes that God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, then it's as good as done. Thank you, Lord. It's done. I don't see it. I don't know where it's coming from, but it doesn't matter. I trust you to fix it however you want to do it. You may have heard this story, but I, w- I want to tell it again. A little Christian lady was out of groceries. So she got on her knees. She began to cry out to God. Lord, you know that, you know, I think the month was not over yet. You know, it, the end of the month isn't coming and, and the check's not ready to be. That, but I'm out of groceries. I'm out of money. Lord, I'm asking you. I'm pleading with you. Lord, God to so apply the need. Give me some groceries for, my, for me and my family. Next door neighbor who was not a Christian Happened to walk by and heard her talking about that He thought I'll show that little Christian lady What it about God So he goes down to the grocery store And he buys her a big bag of groceries and stuff And he brings it to her door and sets it on the door And then knocks on the door And, and then leaves She gets the door there's all them groceries Thank you Lord I mean she's doing praises She just got happy Probably got Pentecostal on everybody should have anyway. He's watching her, looking at her, and the more he watched her, the madder he gets, and he thinks, God didn't have anything to do with that. I did that. And so he storms out, Hey, lady, God didn't have a thing to do with you getting your groceries. I went and bought them groceries. I put them on your floor, on your front porch, and I knocked on your door. She said, hallelujah. God supplied the need and made the devil pay for it. And he will. I believe he'll make the devil pay for it. That's a story, whether it ever happened or not, I don't know, but it's a neat little story. But I know God well enough sometimes I think he would. We are perplexed, but not in despair. What does despair? Despair is when I start giving up. Despair is when I start throwing it all in and say, God, it looks like you're not going to do anything. I'm walking out of here. We're not in despair, church. We are not. Let me say that again. I want you to hear me real well, and I want those that are listening to hear me real well. We are not in despair. Because the God who rules the heavens and the earth and controls everything that goes on in this universe has not given up on us. We are not in despair. I may not know the answers, I may not know the way out, but it doesn't matter. He does. What's the third thing? Persecuted. The new living says, we're hunted down. What does the Bible? What did Paul say? Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He is hunting down Christians. He's hunting down weak Christians. He's hunting down those that are about to give up on their relationship with God. He's hunting down those that he is badgered and oppressed to the point that they want they're ready to give up and say, God, I don't know what to do anymore. Do you know what's important about that, church? If you and I know somebody like that, it is up to us to go to them and pray with them and pray for them and hold them up in prayer and bind the powers of Satan against their lives. And it's your children, it's your grandchildren, it's your extended family, it's your church family. We're not in despair. We may be hunted down, but the thing about it is I know he, I know him who keeps my soul. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of this age. I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Those are his words. Do you know what y'all know these probably as well as I do, but the thing about it, you understand that animals of prey seek out the weak ones? The weak animals. I had never seen, I saw this the other day, it was on Facebook. Somebody, I guess, had been over in Africa somewhere and a lioness had grabbed a, a wildebeest and was, you know, I guess, proceeded to have its claws in its in its hindquarters. And here, out of the side, comes a, I guess, a male one with them big old horns. You know, they're real thick on here and they come out in big old, they're kind of like long horns but not quite as long. And I watched that wildebeest grab that, sit there and run his head down in the ground take that horn of his and pick that lioness up and toss her in the air and when she come down he had his head and got her again and about the second or third time she'd had enough she left that's the kind of God we serve about the time the devil thinks he's got you and I defeated about the time he thinks you got, he's got you and I down for the count in comes the power and the spirit of God that lifts us up and says hallelujah I'm going to tell you something, church. I get a little bit loud sometimes. But if they can sit there and scream and holler at the high school football game, at the high school basketball game, and scream and holler their heads off and yell out to the top of their lungs, then why can't the church of the Lord Jesus Christ shout hallelujah? Give the devil a headache. He needs one. He needs a bunch of them. He is our enemy. He is the one that's after our our unsaved loved ones. But let me tell you, church, we are more than conquerors. We will get them back. We will get them into the kingdom. Persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down. Persecuted. The Amplified says we're pursued, persecuted, and hard-driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We're struck down to the ground. But I like what the Amplified says. But never struck out and destroyed. Now, I'm a baseball fan. Love. I like baseball. I haven't watched it in a while, but I, I like watching it. But, you know, I watch my little granddaughters play softball. Honey, three strikes. You're out. You go back to the dugout, and you wait your next turn, or wait till you get out on the field, and, and you play defense. I got the good news for you, Church. We may be, we may have stumbled, we may have been under a burden enough that we fall to the ground, but we are not out of the running. Just about the time the devil thinks he's got it all figured out, in comes God. Get out of the way, Satan! That's my child. That's my children. That's my church that follows me. That's my church that worships me in spirit and in truth. That's my church that calls upon my name. That's my church that is praying for my divine will to be done in their hearts and lives and in their church. And you get out of my way because I'm coming through. You and I don't have all the, yeah, we do. We have to believe, we have to trust. Sister Julie leaves a song, leads us in a song, and I can't remember, but it says, but the battle belongs to the Lord. What is my responsibility in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving? Or we forget number three a lot in that verse. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And the God of peace, or the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will rule your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It's not over until God says it's over or until we give up. And if God hadn't said it's over, then, honey, I'm not giving up. Verse 10. He talks about this. Um, The writer says about this, Paul was hard-pressed on every side, but not completely cornered, never driven to surrender. He was at a loss, but never totally at a loss. He was hounded by the foe, but not left to his mercy. He was knocked to the ground, but not permanently grounded. That's the Expositor's Bible commentary on those two verses. Verse 10, Paul says, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Here's this, this good stuff. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What was Paul saying? We're, we've got all of these things against us and yet it does not overcome us. Why? Because we have died into, we have died to Christ, we have died out to him, we live and when we live, we live because of Christ. Yeah. Read that again. let me read that slowly. I want this to sink into our spirits. I am crucified with Christ. If you become a child of God, you accept his crucifixion on the hill of Golgotha for the remission of your sins. You accept the fact that he lived, he died, he rose again so that you could have eternal life through him. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. I must identify with that crucifixion. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you must take up your cross, must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. What is that cross? That cross is that self-denial. Right. Telling yourself, no. Right. No, I don't need that pecan pie. <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I'm breaking my addiction to sugar. I'm going by the help and grace of God, I'm breaking it. Because it's not good for me. It does me more harm than good. My body's paying for part of it after 60 years, some odd years, thinking all that was good stuff. Well, it would taste good, but it wasn't good for me. But you see, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ when he died. I died with him because of what he did I can say because of what you've done for me in my behalf. I accept your sacrifice for me God accepts his sacrifice for us For every man woman boy and girl. He said nevertheless. I live I'm alive Yet not I it's not really me but Christ who lives in me the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We're victorious. Enemy, try what you want. He did it with, with, with Job. It kind of fits Job. Accidentally, I accidentally, and it wasn't on purpose, but I kind of accidentally, what Brother Roger says he does, takes an Old Testament story and puts, a, with a, puts it with a New Testament principle. Paul's talking about a New Testament principle, but Job says Job lost his children. He lost his possessions. He lost, you know, his animals and stuff. He, he lost everything that was dear to him, everything he had worked for all of his life. He lost it. It was gone. Left with a wife and three friends. And they weren't no help at all. Sorry, they just, nothing against ladies, nothing against his friends. They weren't any help. Oh, they were, conv- Job, you've done something wrong. You, I mean, for all of this to happen, you had to have done something wrong. They didn't hear the, the, the conversation with God and Satan either. Paul says, I live. Job said, look. If God gives and he takes away, that's fine. He's still going. If he, God himself, I, I still love that, what he said. I, I hear Job, let me, let me give you the Allen version of that verse where he said, though God slay me. I hear Job say, even if God himself kills me, though I know I belong to him and I know that he is mine and I am his, even God himself kills me, I will Trust him. Though God slay me, yet will I trust him. That's a pretty profound statement, church. It's a very profound statement. But you you, you understand? Because God doesn't kill. God brings life. God gives life. God is life. God is love. But Job said, even if God himself kills me, I'm going to trust him. Paul is saying the same thing. That all of this is going on. I may not like it. I may not enjoy it. I may not be, It may not be pleasant to me. But I, all of this, I am not going to let it overcome my relationship with Jesus. I am not going to let it get me down to the place and to the point that I give up, that I quit and say it's not worth the effort anymore. I live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's my victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's my victory. And devil, regardless of what you try, I'm going to scream, hallelujah, yes. just to show you I can. Yes. Yes. Would you bow your heads with me for a minute? Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your help and ministering, and I pray. Father, I pray, Lord, that it is a strength that us, encourage us. Lord, we are victorious because of you. Jesus, we are victorious because of you. As Paul said, I live, but it's not me. It's Christ who lives in me. That's my life. That's my victory. That's my joy. That's my strength. That's that's what keeps me going. That's what enables me to be able to yell in the devil's face, hallelujah. Because, God, you're still right there. You're still right there. Father, I pray, Lord, tonight that you take what we have tried to say in in the best that we know how to do within our own ability and and what we feel you speak into our heart to say, Lord, just cause it to work in the hearts and lives of these that hear it. Not just these here tonight, but, Lord, those that may hear it either tonight by by way of of the live stream or, or later on when they watch it and see it happen. I pray, Father, you'll use it for your honor and for your glory. With every head bowed and every eye closed and Christians praying. If you're watching this either tonight or sometime in the future, Jesus died for you. Whatever your circumstances, whatever your situation, Jesus is the answer. Paul makes that statement. He said, I live, yet not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. What is he talking about? He gave his heart and his life to Jesus. He said, Jesus, come into my life and be Savior and be Lord. But the reality of that is when you make that confession, when you realize you need him more than you need anything else, and you invite him and you ask him to come into your heart and your life and and to take you and start start with you right where you're at in your life, he doesn't care how messed up it is. He doesn't care what you've done in your past. He does, if it's sinful, it's it's. he'll forgive it. He wants to give you a brand new start. He wants to start, yet you start over with a clean slate with him, wash you in his blood. When you accept him and make Him ask him into your heart and life, he washes your spirit, man, with his blood, and he gives you the opportunity, and he gives you the privilege of having a relationship not only with him as Savior and Lord, but you also get the, uh, the privilege of having God as a Father, having the Holy Spirit as your teacher, your guide, your director. As you grow and as you develop, as you study his word, as you read his word, he'll, he'll open up your eyes. You say, but there's things I don't understand about it. Don't worry about that. Take what you understand and apply that to your life. And as you grow as a Christian, as you grow as a child of God, you'll understand better. You'll understand more because God will add upon it. He says in the Old Testament, here here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. It's a building thing. It's a growing process. And it's a process. So I invite you to say, Jesus, come into my life. Take what I am. Take what I've got and use it for your glory. Make me your child. Wash me with your blood, and I will be whole. I will be clean. Lord, I give you my life. Jesus, take control. And Lord, Help me to live like you want me to live because it will be a life of victory after victory after victory. As you grow, as you develop, the victories that are needed will come as you listen to him, as you follow him, as you stay close to him. I pray that you pray that prayer. Mean it with all your heart. Tell somebody. Let us know here at the church or or call a Christian friend that you know. Let them know, I've made Jesus Savior and Lord of my life. Because the Word says that with the heart we believe, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Confess it to somebody. Tell somebody that Jesus has been, you've made Jesus Savior and Lord of your life. You won't regret it. It's not going to be easy. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy. It's all just smooth sailing from here on out. But I will tell you that he will never leave you or forsake you if you'll hold on to him. Father God, I pray, Lord, for this congregation. I pray for this church. Lord, I pray for the decisions that we're making Sunday night. God, may your divine will and perfect will be done. Lord, in these elections, give us your mind, Holy Spirit. Help us to seek your face and seek your face and seek your face until we know that we know that we know in our spirit what you want us to do. And Lord, the same thing is true about the candidate that's coming on the 28th. God, help us to be prepared for him or her. Help us, Lord, to already be so seeking you that as we come together, Lord, Sunday morning when we come back here help us to be so spiritually prepared that Lord Holy Spirit you would just move and flow through here like a mighty river touching hearts and touching lives changing hearts changing lives healing bodies uh, restoring the relationships uh, uh, baptizing with the Holy Spirit God we desire to see it happening in this place and we believe Lord that you're more than able to do it Father God go with this church go with these people And help us to realize that as we walk from here, we don't walk out of your presence. We walk out of here with your presence. You're always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You are our teacher. You're our guide. You're our comforter. You are everything we need you to be, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for that promise in our hearts and lives. And, Father, we will not give up. We will not let the enemy, even though it may seem hopeless, even though it may seem that it's it's. Almost we don't know where else to go or what else to do. Lord, we can always say hallelujah because you've got this. Father, we thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, And God's people said amen. Lord, bless you for coming. And remember all of our announcements as well. For the business meeting Sunday night and for church Sunday, pray for it. Start praying for services right now. Start from now through Sunday morning, pray for services. Pray for services. Pray for Holy Spirit outpouring. Amen. Lord bless you guys for coming.